Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Before I get started, before I forget, I actually have a prophetic word. Would you guys mind dimming the lights just a bit so I can see your beautiful faces? There's a gentleman over here, right here in the hat. I, I don't know you, but I saw you in worship and I felt the Lord say, I want you to remind him that I've called him, I've set him apart, that he is a mighty man of valor. And I feel like maybe that the devil has been working overtime to try to lie to you and tell you that that's not true, that's not who you are, but I just felt the Lord tell me, remind him that I have consecrated him, I have set him apart, he is a mighty man of valor. So I just wanted to give that you that word before I get started. All right, you guys can take your seats. We're gonna get started this morning. It's gonna be so amazing. Oh, it's Freedom Sunday. So if you've been around Awaken Church for a little while, you would know that we like to talk about freedom. It's a, a constant topic of conversation. We preach on it regularly. We just had Freedom Month in October, and that's because freedom is a journey. It is a process, it is not a destination, it's not an event, it's not necessarily a one-time thing, but as we grow, as we spiritually mature and, and increase in our walk with God, we're continually being um, reminded, little areas in our life are being revealed that need greater levels of freedom or layers. I like to think of it like an onion. You know how the onion has all those layers and you peel back one layer, guess what? Then you see the next, and then you peel back that one, guess what, you see the next. So that's how our freedom journey is. It's a continual process. So I just want to encourage you this morning, whether this is all new to you, you still don't really fully know what I'm talking about. That's okay. Hang in there. No worries. We're going to get there. Or maybe you've been around our church for a long time. You've been part of a lot of Freedom Sundays. Let's just pray this morning. In fact, I'm just going to pray right now. Holy Spirit, would you reveal to each and every person here one area or maybe a couple areas where they can receive a deeper level of freedom in you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we sang the song Egypt this morning. You took me out of Egypt. You took me by the hand into the promised land. What a powerful song that was. And that song portrays an incredible story in scripture. It's in the Old Testament. It's the story of the Israelites leaving Egypt and wandering and eventually entering the promised land. So for those of you that maybe haven't read this story before, I really encourage you read Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Numbers, um, and the Old Testament. But for those of you that, that haven't read it, I'm just going to do a brief synopsis of the story before we get started. So the Israelites, they were in bondage in Egypt for 430 years. And the pharaohs in Egypt were very cruel and oppressive. And at one point, the Israelites were having a lot of babies and growing in number. And the pharaoh was so wicked and cruel that he decided, he decreed that the baby boys of the Israelites would be thrown into the Nile River because he was worried they were going to uprise. But God supernaturally saved a baby boy named 
Moses. And when he grew up, he fled to the land of Midian. And there, in the deserts of Midian, he encountered God in a radical way through a burning bush. God appeared to him and spoke to him and said, Moses, Moses, I have called you. I have set you apart. I'm sending you back into Egypt because I am going to liberate my people, the Israelites. So Moses goes back to Egypt and he tells the Pharaoh, this is the word of the Lord. You need to release the people of God. And as you can imagine, the Pharaoh was like, yeah, right. I'm not listening to your God. This is my free labor force. They're not going anywhere. So a series of 10 plagues was set upon the Egyptians. The Jews were safe, but the Egyptians experienced 10 plagues, each one getting increasingly worse than the last until the Pharaoh eventually relented and not just released the people, but it said he drove the people. He recognized the power of God, the God of the Israelites. And so he drove the Israelites out of Egypt, like go get out of here. So they go to the Red Sea. And at that point, Pharaoh had decided he had changed his mind. He was pursuing them at that point. So they're at the Red Sea. What are we going to do? God save us. God supernaturally splits the Red Sea so they can walk across on dry land, an incredible miracle. And then the water falls upon the army and the army drowns. So they're in the wilderness, and God sustains them in the wilderness. Um, they don't have abundance. It's bare survival, but God gives them bread and manna, and they're on their way to the promised land. That is the destination. And what was meant to be just a couple weeks' journey ends up turning into 40 years of wandering before they finally, and I mean finally, enter the promised land and experience the promises of God. And there are so many key principles in this story that apply to our own life. While the Israelites had a physical journey, our journey is similar in the spirit. We have a similar spiritual journey. And one of the key most powerful principles in the story we find in Exodus 12:35. Exodus 12:35 says, "The people of Israel had done as Moses told them, for they had asked the Egyptians for silver and gold jewelry and for clothing, and the Lord had given favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they let them have what they asked. Thus, they plundered the Egyptians. So you see, the Egyptians had been tormenting, oppressing, stealing, robbing, and abusing the Israelites for 430 years. And when God came to supernaturally liberate them, he did not say, just run with the shirt on your back and be thankful you're alive. No, 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 no. Multiple times in Exodus, multiple times, God commands the Israelites. He says, you will collect the gold, the silver, the jewels, and the wealth of the Egyptians on your way out. He was commanding them to take back what had been stolen from them. Everyone say, take it back. Say, take it back. I believe that this is a prophetic word for our church, for the people of God this year, that we are going to take back everything that the devil has stolen from us and from our family lineage this year in the name of Jesus. We're going to take back our health. We're going to take back our joy, our peace. We're going to take back our finances. Friends, this is our year of divine retribution for the people of God. I really believe that. 
I love the last song that we sang, King of Glory, a song written in this house. What a prophetic word in that bridge. What the enemy stole will come back to me. Every seed I've sown is a harvest for me. I could sing that all day. What the enemy stole will come back to me. Every seed I've sown is a harvest for me. And I love the next line. It says, none can oppose the king of glory. Oh, many have tried. Many have tried. The Pharaoh tried to stand up and rise up to the power of our God. But I tell you what, there is no devil. There is no spirit. There is nothing in heaven, hell, or in the earth that can withstand the power of our God. Yes. This is exciting. It's Freedom Sunday. None can oppose the king of glory. So John 10, 10 says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So we need to understand that the strategy of the kingdom of darkness is to steal our joy, our peace, our finances, our mental health, our physical health, to kill our families, our marriages, to destroy churches, businesses, you name it. And he will do it for generation after generation as long as he can get away with it. So friends, we need to wake up to the truth that what Jesus did on the cross fully and completely sets us free. So deliverance, and by the way, deliverance is what we call our like freedom prayer. Deliverance is an act of divine justice. It is the moment when God supernaturally moves into your life and executes his divine justice on this side of heaven. We don't have to wait to get to heaven to see the justice of God. We can see the divine justice of God in our lives when he moves in and he executes his will on this side of heaven. Deliverance is an act of God's divine retribution and restoration. Great wealth and prosperity was restored to the Israelites in a moment. In a moment, everything that had been stolen was restored. You see, there's a running theme in, in Scripture in the Old Testament, specifically in Proverbs 6.30. It talks about if a thief comes and steals, he shall not return just what was stolen, but he shall return seven times what was stolen. So we see in Scripture that divine restoration and restitution is seven times what was stolen. So friends, we need to rise up in faith and demand that the kingdom of darkness return seven times everything that it is stolen from our lives and from our family lineage. So this morning, we're going to look at three specific areas where we need to take back what the devil has stolen from us. So point number one is take back our kingdom identity. We need to take back our kingdom identity because the reality is the devil will relentlessly attack our identity because identity is all about position and authority in the kingdom of God position and authority. Imagine for a moment a police officer, okay? He's a police officer. He carries the position of a police officer and the authority of a police officer. But let's say he has an accident, he gets amnesia, he forgets who he is completely, and he's watching a crime scene take place right in front of him, and he's like, I wish I could do something. I wish I could help somebody do something. The reality is because he lost his identity. 
he forgot that he had authority and he carried a position where he could do something. He could help. So the devil will attack our identity because he knows that without our identity, we're useless in our authority and our position against him. Does that make sense? So how does the demonic kingdom attack our identity? It begins in the mind through deception. He lies to us about who we are, and if we come into agreement with those lies, then he oppresses us and creates a stronghold in our world. Thoughts of unworthiness, shame, fear, anxiety, painful memories, rejection. So in order to take back our identity, we must renew our mind in the truth of the word of God, friends. This is so, so important. I've been doing deliverance for probably eight years or so now. We've been in pastoral care for eight years. I've seen so many powerful, unbelievable, miraculous moments where someone was radically set free, radically transformed by the power of God to the point where you couldn't even recognize them afterward. Their facial expression, they look different, they talk different, like they were a different transformation person. But then sometimes there are times where six months down the road, I, I see that person. Oh, hi. How are you? What's going on? Oh, everything's just miserable. It's horrible. It's horrible. What happened? They were set free. It wasn't that the deliverance didn't work. It worked. They were radically set free by the power of God. Their thoughts, their mind, their thought world took them right back into a place of bondage. They never renewed their mind so that they could continue in the path of freedom. So this is so critical. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So we are transformed. How? By renewing our mind. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, perfect, and acceptable. So if you want to know what's good, perfect, acceptable, what the will of God is, you have to renew your mind. We should have a zero tolerance policy for any thought that enters our mind that does not fully align with the word of God. If it enters our mind, we take that thought, we cast it out, and we replace it with the truth of who God says we are. We are children of God. We are heirs in the kingdom. We are above only never beneath we are more than conquerors we've got to get this in deep in our soul this is a huge part of our freedom journey after 430 years in slavery the israelites thought like slaves instead of sons they thought like victims instead of victors so god had to deprogram them and reprogram them in the wilderness that was what the 40 years was all about because they couldn't go take hold of the promise until they thought like sons and they thought victoriously some of us need to allow God to deprogram and reprogram us so that we think the way the word of the God the word of God tells us to think everything in our life stems from our identity in Christ everything it is critical. It is literally the foundation of our freedom. Our identity in Christ is the foundation of our freedom. Don't skip this step, guys. Don't just jump. Oh, I, nah. no, no, no. This is critical. We have got to renew our minds to the word of God so that we understand who he says we are. Amen? Amen. All right. Point number two. We are going to take back our kingdom destiny. Take back our kingdom destiny. You see, God has predestined for all of us a beautiful destiny filled with kingdom promises. And when I say all of us, I do mean all of us. I even just feel the Lord even right now saying, 
Some people in here, they feel that they've disqualified themselves. You are not disqualified from the promises of God. You are not disqualified. There's nothing you could do to disqualify you. Jesus died on the cross for you to live a life filled with destiny and promises. It's because of what he did, not what you did. We are never disqualified. There are literally thousands of promises in scripture for you, for each and every one of us. It applies to us, it is for our life. So the demonic kingdom will do everything it can to hold us back from stepping into the promises of God by faith. This is exactly what happened to the Israelites. The promised land was always their destination. It was always the land that God had promised for them, the land of blessing and abundance, but many of them never entered the promised land. Why? Because of fear and unbelief. The spirits of fear and unbelief held them back from the promise that God had for them. Deuteronomy 121 says, See, the Lord your God has set the land before you. Go up, take possession. As the Lord, the God of your fathers has told you, do not fear or be dismayed. So Moses is like, guys, this is right in front of you. God is with you. He's called you and anointed you and appointed you. Go up. Do not listen to the voice of fear. But many of us know the story. They sent 12 spies into the land to scout everything out. And as you can imagine, all 12 spies came back and said, this land is like epic. This thing is flowing with milk and honey. It's a land of abundance and blessing, like it's the most beautiful, incredible land ever. But 10 of the spies said, but there's giants in the land, so we can't go. We can't go. They're going to squash us. Numbers 14 Verse three and four, they were whining. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, let's choose a leader and let's go back into Egypt. Ah, when they're on the precipice of their dreams being realized, the promise is right in front of them. All they have to do is believe the word of God and step into it by faith. That's it. God had already done all the heavy lifting for them. All they had to do was have faith and believe God. But because of fear, they began begging for the comfort of slavery. We do the same thing so often when we're right on the edge of experiencing the promises of God and the fullness of God's plan for our life. So often we are tempted to run back into bondage and slavery and the comfort of that because of fear and unbelief. You see, bondage is comfortable for many of us. Some of us, it's all we've ever known. It's very familiar and very, very, very comfortable. And freedom can be scary for those who only know tyranny. It can feel scary to be free. So what we do is we settle for the scraps that the devil offers us. We settle for survival. Pain, well, I guess the pain's not that bad. It's just, you know, I can take meds for it, I guess. And, oh, yeah, you know, it's okay. I've just lived with this my whole life. So it is what it is. And we, we settle. We lower the bar to the scraps that the devil offers us. There are many that preach the God wants us to suffer gospel. Well, if that were true, then he would have left him in Egypt to suffer, right? There are many that preach that God just barely wants us to survive gospel. Well, if that were true, then God would have left him in the wilderness. No, friends, the promised land was always the destination. It was always God's will for the Israelites to be in the promised land. And your destination, God's will for you, is that you would live a life filled with abundance, blessing, and prosperity. Make no mistake, do not settle for what the devil has offered you. 
Let's raise that bar. We're not going to settle. We're going to take it back. Come on, Jake. For much of my life, I was greatly bound by a spirit of fear. I was afraid of really just about everything, flying, just pretty much everything. But probably my greatest fear at that time was any kind of fear of public speaking or praying in front of people, ministering to people. Like if I was in connect group and it came around to prayer time, I was like, you know, clammy, my knee caps would start shaking on my knees. Like I'm being honest with you. It was very, 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 very scary. And I I look back and I recognize that that was the devil holding me back from my destiny. From my assignment, God called me to be a minister. God called me to pray for people and to preach the good word of Jesus to people. And so the devil was doing everything he could to hold me back, to restrain me. He was using fear to restrain me. So I had to overcome. I had to receive freedom from fear and I had to step into, it still took faith, by the way. I got free from fear, but then I still had to use faith to step into God's call for my life. We receive the promises of God by faith, so we need to be so intentional about addressing anything, and I mean anything in our life, that would try to hinder our faith or squelch our faith. We cannot tolerate any of that. When we begin to believe God at his word, the most incredible miracles begin to unfold in our lives. Jonathan and I made a decision a few years ago. We recognized that any time we were on, we saw this pattern, any time we're on the precipice of God doing some incredible miracle in our life, what happened? Fear. Fear would just like enter, enter scene, here comes fear. Hi, here I am, like... And we just realized, oh, the spirit of fear comes right before God's about to do something mighty in our lives. So we have made a commitment that if we can 100% discern that it is fear operating, that it is a spirit of fear, we are going to pummel past. I don't care what it takes. I don't care what we have to overcome. We will not allow fear to stop us because we know that right on the other side of fear is a promise, is a miracle, is God doing something mighty in our lives. And we've seen so many incredible, unbelievable miracles. I'll be honest, there were a few times I was crying, shaking, fearful, but I did it anyway because I wasn't gonna let the devil stop me. We can't let the devil stop us. Friends, what's holding you back from stepping into your destiny this morning? Is it fear? Is it anxiety, worry, rejection, fear of what others might think? What is that stronghold that's been holding you back? Don't walk out these doors with it this morning. Today is Freedom Sunday. The Holy Spirit's here and he wants to set you free. And point number three, we're gonna take back our kingdom legacy. Take back our kingdom legacy. You know, we talk regularly about generational curses and generational curses is basically demonic activity that carries through a generational line. You can see they all had mental health issues. They all got cancer. They all had these issues. So we call that a generational curse. And the Bible does talk about this. In Exodus 20, it's that Moses is explaining the 10 commandments and he says, you shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the Father on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. So we see that when, when we continue in a rebellion against God, in a hatred towards God, resisting God's will, that those curses, those things can pass, the Bible says, to, to three or four generations. But what I want to talk to you about this morning is generational blessing. 
I want to talk about generational blessing. I think it doesn't get quite enough airtime, if I'm going to be honest. All right, Deuteronomy 7.9 says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. I'm sorry, what? So a curse is powerful enough to go three to four generations, but a blessing from God, a blessing from God is gonna carry to a thousand generations? You know what this tells me? This tells me that God's blessing is far more powerful than any curse that the kingdom of hell could launch into our lives. Can I get an amen? Sometimes it's hard to wrap our minds around this a bit because American culture can be very individualistic, but we need to understand that the kingdom of God is very generational. God thinks generationally. God wants to build generationally. God wants to bless generationally. So the reality is what God wants to do in your life is not just about you. It's about many generations after you. Isn't that cool? That's how God thinks. We've got to start learning to think that way. And honestly, I, I've got to be honest, I, I feel that I am a product of this principle. I was a teenager, a cocky teenager at one point, and I'm having a conversation with God, kind of feeling, I don't know what I had just accomplished, but it was probably something exciting. And so I'm like, oh God, you know, I'm feeling pretty blessed. Like, you know, we're pretty blessed. And my brother, you know, he went and became a major league baseball player. My sister's a singer songwriter. And I was like, yeah, we're pretty cool. And God just stops me right in, track, right in my tracks. And he says, yeah, that's not because of you. That's because of your parents. I was like, what? Yeah. He's like, no, no, no. Your parents made a commitment to love me and to obey my commandments and to honor me and your household. So you are living under the blessing and the favor of God that they set in place for you. There's a little bit of humble pie. I think I needed that humble pie at that time in my life. I've been a little cocky at certain points in my life. So we've got to recognize that by facing the pain and trauma and strongholds in our life and overcoming them, we are setting up the generations after us for blessing and favor. That, friends, is how we take back our legacy. That is how we take back our legacy. What generational curses have plagued your family for years? Cancer, mental health is a big one control, trauma, pain and suffering, and it's gone from generation to generation to generation. You know what's so powerful is that God is here this morning, and what he wants to do in your life, he wants to take your generational line, and he wants to shift it in a moment from a curse into a blessing. How powerful. That's the power of our God, that he can shift your whole generational lineage from one of pain and suffering into one of blessing and favor. How good is our God? All right, friends. I want to talk about some real practical steps here on the how. How do we take back what the devil has stolen? We're going to get real practical here with our last few remaining moments, and I've got four steps. And the first one is get to the root. We've got to get to the root. Usually what you can identify in your life as an issue is a secondary issue or a symptom issue. And so it takes a little bit of digging to go, okay, where did this come from? And to figure out what the root is. 
I did not receive lasting freedom in my life until I was able to identify the root of, of my issues. I mentioned that I struggled a lot with fear. Usually with fear comes a lot of what? Control. I struggled a lot with control because I was trying to ma manage everything around me to feel safe. And then there's shame and then there's religious spirits. And so I had a whole stronghold. And anytime I tried to deal with the shame or the control or the fear, uh, maybe we get a, a little bit of lasting freedom. But it wasn't until I got to the root that, that everything shifted for me in my life. And for me, my personal testimony was I had to go all the way back to childhood and ask myself the question of where, where did all of this come from? What is a deep-seated lie that I've come into agreement with that is allowed for this to take place in my life, for me to have this stronghold of fear and these other issues? And so I was raised in a very loving family, a beautiful family, but we were religious. Uh, my parents were raised in religion, so that's all they knew. And so the religious denomination that we were a part of, it taught us false doctrine. It taught us that everything that happens in the whole wide world, everything that happens, happens because it's the will of God. So all the pain and suffering and horrible things that happen in, in the world, well, it's God's will, and I guess it glorifies him somehow. So, you know, we just need to suck it up, buttercup, and deal with it. So as you can imagine, this was very confusing for me. I was like, I don't, I don't understand. And so I came into agreement with the lie that God cannot be trusted. I cannot trust God. And so that left me with a root of unbelief and then a spirit of unbelief to energize that. So then if you can't trust God, then you can't trust people. Hello, fear. So then if you can't trust God or people, then you've got to control everything. Hello, control. So you see how what we do, we use d devils to manage other devils and we try to, and we just cooperate with this whole stronghold. It's almost like a tree. You can imagine a tree. If you chop off a branch, it'll grow back. Even if you chop the trunk in half, it'll eventually grow back. The only way to really get rid of that tree is you gotta get to the root. And you gotta rip out that root and then that tree doesn't stand a chance. It's not coming back no matter what. So we've gotta get to the root. So two really great questions to ask is, when did this issue show up in my life? What led me to start operating this way? That should lead you to the root. And then of course, when you identify that root, you can address it and allow the Holy Spirit to bring healing and restoration in that area. And step number two is repent. We must live a life of repentance. We've got to understand that habitual sin leaves us very vulnerable to the kingdom of darkness operating in our lives. We must be quick to repent. To be honest with you, probably a third of my prayer journal to this day is repentance. And I'm a pastor because I'm constantly repenting. Anytime there's something, oh, shoot, I wasn't in alignment with the word of God. I'm going to repent. It's not a religious shame thing. It's just living a life, honoring God. And when we know we've stepped out of bounds of that, we're quick to repent and receive forgiveness. Step number three, forgive from your heart. This is so important. We must be quick to forgive quick to release forgiveness. You see, withholding forgiveness will 100% lead to bondage. And if I'm going to be honest with you, I've done a lot of ministry. Probably if, if you know, we're ministering and it's just not working, there's, there's not a level of freedom that this person's gaining. Nine times out of 10, if I stop and say, is there someone that you are, are withholding forgiveness from? Well, sometimes they'll say no at first. And then I'll say, Holy Spirit, can you reveal it? Sometimes the Holy Spirit will give me a name. Tell me about Dustin. Dustin. It's like, that. oh, oh, okay. I think we need to forgive Dustin, you know? But it's, forgiveness is a big issue. 
Forgiveness is so commonly the thing that holds us back from entering the freedom that God wants for us. Matthew 6, 14 and 15, these verses are so powerful. If you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. This is very serious to God. You see, I think of it this way. Freely we have received, freely we release. If we stop releasing, then we stop receiving. We've got to release what we receive from heaven. Otherwise, the flow from heaven gets cut off. And we can't let that happen. So freely we have received forgiveness. Free, freely we release forgiveness to others. Amen. And the fourth and final step is receive freedom. Friends, I know we've mentioned it a few times today. But there is nothing, not one thing that we can do to earn our freedom. All the religion, all the fasting and the praying and all the many things, it's not going to work. There was one price, one price that could be paid, and that is the shedding of innocent blood. And it's already happened. It's already taken place on our behalf, my friends. Jesus has already paid for our freedom. Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let your, yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. You know, a great analogy, and I'll welcome the band up actually at this point. But I think a really great analogy around this principle is imagine a man that's on the streets. He's living on the streets and a billionaire sees him and loves him. And so that billionaire goes and purchases a beautiful mansion in his name and comes to him and says, I love you so much that I've purchased this mansion for you. Here are the keys. Please go live in that mansion. And the man takes the keys and put them in his pocket and he continues to live on the streets. Imagine for a moment how much that would grieve the heart of the billionaire who paid the ultimate price, right? And who loved so deeply. That's what we do when we don't walk in the freedom that Jesus already paid for. We're like the man who chooses to continue to be homeless even when the mansion was built for him and is in his name. Let's not be that way. We don't wanna grieve the heart of God. First John 4.18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. So you've gotta understand, Perfect love is the answer to all of this. Perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out rejection. Perfect love casts out control. Perfect love, the love of Jesus, is the answer to all of this. It's the love of God that leads us into freedom. I love another line in that song, King of Glory. None can oppose the King of Glory. You have the last say and every knee will bow before you. Jesus, you're the King of Glory. Every knee will bow to the name of Jesus. We're gonna move into a time of prayer right now. And if you guys would just close your eyes and bow your heads in this moment. I've talked a lot about Jesus. I've talked a lot about the cross and freedom. And I recognize that there may be people in this room that have never given your life to Jesus Christ. And I wanna give you an opportunity right now. I wanna pray for you. So if that's you, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ and you wanna do it right now, or maybe you did at one point, but you turned away or walked away and you wanna rededicate your life to Jesus, I wanna pray for you. So would you raise your hand so I can see who I'm praying for? With every eye closed and every head bowed, 
Beautiful. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Beautiful. Any more? Yes, God bless you. You can put your head, you can put your hand down when I see it. Yes, I see your hand. God bless you. God bless you. Beautiful. Friends, let's all pray this prayer together. And those of you that raised your hand, I want you to pray this from the heart. Just repeat after me. Dear God, I surrender my life to you today. I want to have a relationship with you. I repent from my sins. Thank you for loving me. I choose to make you Lord and Savior of my life. Heaven is my home and God is my Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Yes, welcome to the family of God. Those of you who raised your hand, it's the best commitment that you can make is that commitment to give your life to Jesus Christ. And so right now, actually with the band with me, I wanna, I really want us to make a declaration. So can you guys stand to your feet? We're gonna make a declaration together. We are going to declare each and every one of us that the kingdom of darkness will return sevenfold of everything that it has stolen from your family line. You guys with me? We're gonna do this together, all right? I want you guys to repeat after me. I rise up in faith in Jesus' name and I command that everything that the kingdom of darkness has stolen from me must be returned seven times in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, 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 amen. And I just want to pray for you. God, I thank you. God, we lift you up. We exalt your name, Lord. We thank you, God, that you are God and you are King. And right now, in the name of Jesus, I command every stronghold, every curse, every demonic spirit that is operating in these people's lives, I command you right now at the sound of my voice, you loosen your hold off the people of God. I command you to loosen your hold and you go right now in Jesus' name. You may no longer torment them. You may no longer oppress them in their mind, their body, or their spirit. You release them right now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.